I appreciate the opportunity again. I'm going to preach a message today that he already heard, but that's tough. He'll have to listen to it on the radio again, anywhere, TV. But it was concerning these things. Peter writes in the uh, second Peter, uh, the, uh, about things that we need to learn to put into our living, that we have learned to add these to our faith. The first time I heard this title, and it was by, uh, oh, let me think now. I can't remember the one it was, the preacher was, but anyway, he said, uh, he, he entitled this message, A Seven-Story Christian with a Basement. And I like that. And the basement is faith. And you add these seven things to your faith. And so that's what we're going to look at today. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for helping me to be here. I pray you be with Brother James and help him get well. I I pray, God, that you'd help me with this message to deliver it as you would have it delivered. We love you and we thank you for all the help you give us. In the loving name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Okay. In 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 1, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith, with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's all of us that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. Uh, Am I echoing? Okay. Try it there. Uh, Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things, that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue. These are important things. Now he says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partaker of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now I'm going to list seven things. We're going to talk about seven things. And Peter calls them these things. And throughout the remainder of the book of Second Peter, if you read it, you'll find many times where he refers to these things. And it's important to know that these things have a bearing on your life here and after. And when you meet the Lord, if you do these things, you'll be ready. Remember last time I preached, I preached on getting ready for heaven. Well, this is helping you to get ready for heaven even better, okay? In verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, that means strenuously add to your faith. Faith is the basement. And and it talks about you and I adding things to our faith. These aren't given to you. They're not things. They're not things that God gives you. It's things that you uh, approve or apprehend as you go through your walk with Christ, and you are able to learn about these things 
and they're important. Number one, to add to your faith, virtue. Virtue is moral excellence and right living. No problem there. I think we can figure that out, right? So live right. (laughs) Have good morals. And serve the Lord with uh, godly intent to serve him the way he would have us to. And to your virtue, that's the third, second floor, knowledge. Knowledge is knowing what to do and when to do it, okay? And how to do it. And it's learning different things from the Lord on how to serve him. So knowledge is important. It's something that you learn in your walk with the Lord through reading the word and studying the word and a preach and a uh, apprehending different things in your life through knowledge, knowing how to do it. And then we go on to six says, and to knowledge, temperance. Temperance is self-control. That's a very important uh, addition to our walk with the Lord, having self-control. Not only does self-control mean uh, how you handle yourself, but it also means being able to be tempered in things. And when people make you mad, you learn to put up with it. Amen? You don't just blow off the stack and go at them hard. <laughs> so we learn to be tempered, self-control. And to temperance, patience. Everybody loves that one. Patience is something that when it comes to you, when you, when you learn to be patient, when you work on it, now, patience is like Job. Job was patient. I don't know how he did it. I really don't. I heard somebody preach on that this week about Job and all the things he went through. And he maintained, still maintained a good attitude toward God. Now, he got upset, and there's no doubt. He had all the help in the world to make him get upset. He had friends they came by and said, Job, it's your fault. You've sinned. How do they know? He said, they don't know nothing, you know. And then, and then his wife comes by. Why don't you just give up and die? <laughs> what a deal that is, amen? <laughs> and he stayed with her, and they got through it. Anyway, he didn't give up and die. So he was a very patient man. And to patience, godliness. Well, what is godliness? It's God-likeness, living like God. He, he has saved you. He wants us to be like him, and he wants us to, to learn to be like him, be like him and like our Savior, Jesus Christ. We learn to be godly in our life. And, uh, and, to, and godliness also is piety, good behavior, and having a, a con... Uh, conduct ourselves in such a way as to to approve of things that the Lord would approve of our state, our way of walking. Also, it would be steadfastness, hanging in there when things are going bad. Don't just give up. Just keep on keeping on. You've heard that statement before, and I know it. it's a truth that we need to learn to keep on keeping on. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. Being kind to others around us that we we live with and work with, being kind to them. You know, 
we, we reap what we sow. If you want kindness, other people to be kind to you, you have to learn to be kind to them. And so uh, brotherly kindness is an important asset to our life. And to char- brotherly kindness, charity. Now, we've been preaching on that for the last several weeks. Brother uh, Jameson has and talking about having uh, love is the greatest of these things. And here it is. It's the seventh floor. It's the top, top story of the building that we're building in our life. And it's something that we need to learn to have is love and charity is the t- greatest of these things. And so that's the top story. Now look what it says in verse 8. For if these things, remember that, that he says it all through Second Peter. He refers to these things. If these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful. If you have these things in your life, you're going to be a fruitful Christian. You're going to be a fruit-bearing Christian, one that God can use in all, all manner of his service. And in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, if we have love, we'll have great, everything else falls in place. We'll be what we should be for the Lord. But in verse 9, he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. In other words, has forgotten he's been saved. So if you lack lack these things that I just went through with you, the seven stories, that if you just learn to add them to your life. Now it says add to your life. It doesn't mean God's going to give them to you. We need to learn to add them to our life. And if you have these things, we'll never be unfruitful or unbarren. And then we go on to 10. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. So you see where he keeps saying these things, how important they must be. So if you ever have a bad day, just get in the Bible and go to Second Peter and start reading chapter 1 and learn about these things. Renew them in your life and, and work on them. Verse 11, For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Abundantly. Boy, everybody wants that. If, you, if you're going to be with the Lord, you want to have do it abundantly, have an everlasting kingdom of our Lord. Now verse 12, Wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them, and you be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am with in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off my this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. See how many times he's mentioned that already. He, uh, in, in 14 verses, he's talked about this, or 15, he's talked about these things almost every verse. So it must be important. So I'm telling you today, 
that we need to learn these things right here and apply them to our life, add them to our life, and work with work on getting them in our life. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him, uh, voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. <laughs> I'll never forget one time my mother, my mother was proud of me. <laughs> we went over to see a woman that we knew in Pennsylvania. And my, and my wife, mother said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. <laughs> so I kind of was embarrassed, but uh, she put it out there like that. So the Lord said, God said that about his son. I am well pleased with my son. He's a, he's a blessing. He's an addition. He's a help to me. So uh, think about the fact that one day Jesus Christ was in glory and he was with the Father. And things were perfect. And he had it made. And God says, I've got a plan, God the Father. And I thank God that he, he, he had a plan. And he used it plan. He said, I'm going to send Jesus to earth. And he went willingly. He came to the earth in the form of an infant child. And he grew up without sin. And he became the perfect sacrifice for our sins. God's plan. I thought that was pretty tough, boy, to know that Jesus had to come down here and live a perfect life so that he could die for us and pay for our sins. There was not a lamb. There was nothing that could be sacrificed to take away our sins but Jesus Christ. That was God's plan. What a plan. And it worked. And and. We, we are beneficiaries of that plan when we get saved. It's the best thing that could ever happen to us. I think most of you here today are saved. I, I can't say for sure all of you are, but I'm telling you right now, if you are, it was because God the Father developed this plan, and Jesus Christ carried it out by going to the cross of Calvary for you and I. What a deal that is, Amen. amen. All right, then we see in verse 18. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed as a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. So this light is Jesus Christ. And he came into this world to give us light. I'll tell you, anybody that turns him down doesn't know what they're doing. It's an awful thing to turn down the offer that God has for you and I to be saved. He said, I did it, did this for you. And anybody that goes to hell can't look up and say, God, why didn't you tell me? Because everybody's heard the gospel. It's, it's around all the time. There may be some that... Uh, different lands that haven't heard it yet, but the people are doing everything they can to make sure the word of God is getting out. They have Bible translators everywhere. You know, it's these guys that go out on the mission field and have to learn new languages, that's got to be tough. 
They learn the language and then go preach to these people in their language. <laughs> I can't imagine that. Can you? Somebody learning, we think it's something to learn Spanish, but you go over in uh, Africa and they learn Swali languages. And, and we were over there. My wife and I was stationed in Africa. And there was people over there that spoke things I never heard before. And these missionaries were learning to speak to them in their own tongue. And that's amazing. So God has done everything he can to make it available for people to hear the gospel and to get saved. We're fortunate that right here at Columbia Baptist, if you come to this church and you don't know how to get saved, it's your fault. It's not, it's nobody here. It's not the preacher's fault. It's your fault. It's not God's fault. So I thank God that I heard the gospel when I was 14 and uh, I got saved. I had some terrible things in my life. I forgot how to, I, I didn't believe in eternal security believer, but I do now. And I thank God for it. It's the best thing ever happened. I mean, you get saved, it's forever. He owns you and you own him. What a deal that is. At first, uh, in uh, Psalm 23, tells us the Lord is my shepherd. Then Psalm 24 said, I am the Lord's. He owns everything. The cattle of a thousand hills, he owns everything. So the Lord knows. He knows you and he knows me if you are saved. He also knows whether you know him or not. And what a deal that is. Amen. Then this one in verse 20, knowing this first. That no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. You can't make up your own mind as to what the Bible says. The Bible is interpreted according to the word of God. And according to God, the way he wants you to hear it. It's not something that's a private interpretation. That's one of the problems that some of the Catholics have. is They tell you you can't read the Bible because it's not for you to learn. Not to have that private interpretation. But I'm here to tell you today, this Bible is your Bible and my Bible, and we can learn it. And God gave it to us, and it's his interpretation. And then we're going to go to verse 21, and I will be closing up on this. I realize this is pretty fast, and if you're like me, that's probably a pretty good deal. (laughs) Amen. Look at 21. For this prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved. By the Holy Ghost. And I thought I'm going to share with you the last scripture of Second Peter. I want you to see something here. Verse 17 and 18 of chapter 3. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things, beware, before beware, lest ye also, being led away with error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. But grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. So he has said these things, they're important. They're important because Paul says, or Peter says it over and over and over. And it reminds us, learn these things. Live by these things. Put them in your life so you can serve God in a way that will please him. And I pray that helps you today. If there's one thing you need to learn is Second Peter talks about these things and they're important. So I pray that that might be good for you to 
learn today. Let's pray.